Good evening and welcome to episode 93 of Mystery, Murder, and Mayhem. I do want to apologize again for my absence this past Friday night. I was unable to record a new episode for What the Friday because my old trusty microphone finally died. Its replacement was delivered just a little bit ago, so I've been trying to figure that out. Um, so here we are, we're back in business. But tonight, I'm going to bring you this story, or actually really two stories that are eerily similar, but took place over a century apart. The first is the story of Mary Ashford, and it took place back in 1817. And the second is the case of Barbara Forrest, and that took place in 1974. It's very odd to me how two crimes can be nearly identical but have taken place in two different time periods and on two different continents for that matter. This is one you're going to want to stick around and listen to. Like I said, the first story took place in 1817, and the victim in this story is a young woman of only 20 years old, and her name was Mary Ashford. Mary worked in her uncle's home as a housekeeper, and her uncle was a farmer, and he lived between Birmingham and Sutton Coalfield. Now, this is, I'm not talking about Alabama. This is over in England. Well, on May 26, in 1817, Mary worked in her uncle's house as normal, and she was so excited that day because that night she was going to attend an annual dance that was held at the Tyburn House. And this is a pub or bar or whatever you want to call it. And this dance was well known and was probably one of the biggest social occasions of the year each year, and it was attended by many, many people. Well, after Mary finished her work that day, she went to her parents' home and she collected a dress to wear to the dance. And then she went on to the home of her friend, Hannah Cox. After she was changed from her work clothes into her dress that she was wearing to the dance, the two young women left for the dance, and Mary left her work clothes behind at Hannah's house. Well, they arrived at the Tyburn house around 7.30 that night, and the dance was already in full swing. Also attending the dance was a young man named Abraham Thornton. He was 24 years old, and he seemed to have Mary on his radar. And it depends on who you ask, because some would describe Thornton as a well-looking young fellow, but others would say that he was repulsive. So I guess beauty is actually in the eye of the beholder. But anyway, like I said, he seemed to have Mary on his radar, because as soon as he saw her, he asked someone who she was. And from that point on, he was by Mary's side at the dance. And when Hannah started telling Mary around 11 o'clock that they needed to go home because she had to be up for work early, Thornton insisted on escorting Mary on the walk back to Hannah's house. Well, along the walk home, 
Mary decided that she didn't want to walk all the way to Hannah's house because she said that she would instead go to the home of her grandfather, and she rationalized that with the fact that it would be closer to her work than having to walk all the way from Hannah's home. So I guess maybe she had forgotten that she had left her work clothes at Hannah's. Well, anyway, Hannah walked onto her house, and Mary and Thornton went on their way. Well, around 15 to 3 that morning, a man that knew Thornton saw him leaving a house with a female companion. And he spoke to Thornton, but he noticed that the woman, which is presumed to be Mary, she never looked at him, and she even appeared to hide her face from him with her bonnet. Then around 4 a.m., I guess Mary had realized that she had left her work clothes at Hannah's house, so she went there, woke Hannah up, changed into her work clothes, and then rushed off telling Hannah that she needed to be at her uncle's house before he left to go to the market that morning. Well, the last person that would see her alive would be another person who attended the dance at Tyburn Hall or Tyburn, Tyburn House and recognized her as they passed each other on her way to her uncle's house. But she never made it to her uncle's house. And I'm going to tell you why after a quick word from my sponsor. Listen, I'm not going to tell you about a product unless it's something I love and I use it on a daily basis. And what I'm about to tell you about is one of those. Over the years, I've packed on quite a few pounds from having babies, stress, eating for comfort, and now as a 51-year-old woman, hormones are not on my side at all. Now, I had been seeing people on social media talking about Obvi. They were talking about how much weight they've lost and how they feel so much better. They had nothing but good things to say about it. Of course, I was skeptical, but you know what? I gave in and I gave it a try. And boy, am I glad that I did. Over the past five weeks since I started using it, I've lost 22 pounds. I haven't tried every single product that they have, but I have to say my favorite is the Collagenic Burn. Two capsules at breakfast, another two at lunch, and I have energy for the entire day. And it's not that jittery energy and there's no crash when it's done doing its magic. And you know, you experience that with a lot of products out there. Plus, my hair and nails are growing like crazy and my achy joints feel better each day. Your results may not be exactly the same as mine, but I encourage you to give it a try. Now, all you have to do is click the link in the episode description for my Obvi, and then you can save 15% by using the promo code MYSTERYM. So, like I said, she never made it to her uncle's house that morning. Around 6 that morning, a worker in the area saw some items that would belong to a woman near a pit that was filled with water. And one of those items happened to be a woman's shoe with blood on it. He went to a nearby house where he was greeted by the man of the house. And he relayed to the man what he had seen, so they went to investigate. They located Mary's lifeless body at the bottom of that pit. Two people who were working in a nearby field, also reported finding two sets of footprints in that field, which had been freshly plowed, and those footprints led to the pit that Mary had been found in. 
One of those sets of prints appear to be made by a man and the other by a woman, just judging from the size of the prints. But y'all get this, only one set of prints led away from that pit and that was the set that appeared to belong to the man. One of the men realized that the female found at the bottom of the pit was Mary and knew that she had been at the dance at Tyburn House the night before. So he went there to ask who had left with Mary, and he was told that it had been Abraham Thornton. Well, it didn't take long for Thornton to be located, and when he was told that Mary had been found in the pit, he volunteered the information that he had actually been with Mary up until 4 a.m. that morning. After that, he was interrogated by an assistant constable named Thomas Dales. And soon after that interrogation, Thornton was arrested. Well, after that arrest, Thornton was questioned by a magistrate named William Bedford, and he ordered that Thornton be searched. Well, that search revealed that Thornton's undergarments had blood stains, and to that, Thornton admitted that he had indeed had sexual relations with Mary. Then they removed his shoes and found that they matched the prints in the field. A post-mortem examination revealed that Mary's cause of death had been drowning, and the only marks found on her body were two lacerations on her genitals. It was further revealed that she had been a virgin up until that very moment, and that she had also been menstruating at the time of her death. Also, it was concluded that the blood on Thornton's undergarments had been from those two lacerations. After that, an inquest was held on May the 30th, and during that inquest, Thornton was allowed to cross-examine the witnesses through his attorney, but at the end of the inquest, enough evidence was presented to charge Thornton with willful, willful murder, and he was held for trial. Well, before the trial, pamphlets were being passed out around the town that explained or tried to explain Thornton's guilt. So the public opinion of Thornton was very negative. And despite this, the trial began on August the 8th. And his lawyer, his defense attorney, had even tried to get the um, trial moved because he said he wouldn't get a fair trial. Well... As you can imagine, this was a very hot trial. People filled the streets surrounding, surrounding um, County Hall, which is where they had the trial, and they were hoping to get in and witness the trial. When proceedings started at 8 o'clock that morning, people rushed in to get a seat, but they only let the men into the courtroom because the details of the charges against Thornton were considered to be too gruesome. Well, in his opening statement to the jury, the prosecutor said that Thornton had failed to seduce Mary, so he laid in wait for Mary in the field near the pit that she was found in. And the prosecutor claimed that Thornton knew that Mary would have to cross that field on her way back to her uncle's home. When he saw Thornton, or when she saw Thornton, she tried to get away from him, but he caught up to her and he convinced her to accompany him into the next field. Once they were there, and now this is just what the prosecutor is saying happened, but once they were there, he says that he believed that Thornton threw 
Mary down to the ground and sexually assaulted her. And then he went on to uh, mention that the post-mortem exam showed that Mary hadn't eaten in over 24 hours, so she was too weak to fight Thornton off. Well, after Thornton had had his way with her, he became afraid of his consequences of what he had just done, so he threw her in that pit where she drowned. One by one, the prosecution's witnesses testified about the events of the evening on May 26th and that following morning. Among those witnesses were Mary's friend Hannah Cox, those who had found the shoe prints in the field, Constable Dales, who had interrogated Thornton, and in his testimony, he told that Thornton had admitted to having relations with Mary before he was even searched. And the surgeon who had performed the post-mortem exam also testified for the prosecution. Now, that surgeon said that, other than the two lacerations on Mary's private area, there were no signs of violence on Mary's body. And he went on to say that they could have happened even during consensual relations. Well, with the help of their own witnesses, the defense was able to establish an alibi for Thornton. A man named William Jennings testified that he had seen Thornton around 4.30 that morning walking casually by the farm of John Holden. And Holden's farm was about two and a half miles from the pit that Mary was found in. Twenty minutes after Jennings had seen him, Thornton had also been seen at Castle Bromwich by John Hayden. Now, Hayden said that Thornton had told him that he had been with a woman most of the night during a conversation that lasted between the two men that it lasted around like 15 minutes. And then Thornton went on towards the home of his dad. Well, the defense said that there was no way that Thornton had murdered Mary because he simply didn't have time. And they backed up that claim by saying that Thornton would have had to have like chased Mary down, sexually assaulted her, murder her, and then travel three miles all in a time span of 11 minutes. Witness testimony went on for like 10 hours that day, and they had no breaks. Like It just was like consecutive witness testimony, and they didn't take a break until the very end. Well, after that short break, the judge that was on that case took another two hours talking to the jury, giving them their charge. Well, he urged the jurors, to put their prejudices that they may have formed before the trial against Thornton to the side and decide if um, Thornton was guilty of the crime he had been committed or had been charged with. Well, the judge even told the jury that it was impossible that Thornton had committed those crimes and made it to the Holden farm by the time he had been seen by Hayden and stressed that Thornton didn't look like the type of man who ran very often. In his conclusion, he told the jury that it was better to let a guilty man go free rather than an innocent man be convicted. Now, this is strictly my opinion, but to me, that's a bit odd for a judge to tell a jury, especially the part where he reiterated that there wasn't enough time for Thornton to do everything he was accused of. Now, I know it was different times, but a judge should be impartial. But after discussing the case for about six minutes, the jury found Thornton not guilty of Mary's murder. 
The judge then charged the jury on the sexual assault and told them that because the prosecution had no evidence on Thornton to like really charge him with that, that they should find him not guilty of that charge as well, and they did. So basically, Thornton was acquitted for the charges against him. Well, this was just not acceptable, according to Mary's brother and most of the public, and who could blame him? Money was actually raised, and an appeal of murder was brought up against Thornton. A writ of appeal was issued against him on October the 1st, 1817, and he was rearrested. And the trial was to take place in front of the King's Bench in London, so we, he was taken there on October 28th. And on November the 6th, the case came to court. But they kind of put it off for a little while because, or until the 17th of November, because the defense attorney, who uh, was a different attorney than he had had in his original trial, needed he needed more time to prepare his case. Well, when the case restarted on the 17th, the courtroom was packed once again. When Thornton was called on to enter his plea, he said that he was, quote, not guilty, and I'm ready to defend the same with my body. And after he said that, he put on a pair of leather gauntlets, you know, those big glove things, and he threw down another pair for William Ashford, which was Mary's brother, but Ashford didn't pick them up. So, y'all, back in those days, you could defend your innocence by fighting and it was completely legal in the court now the attorney for the ashfords contended that a man accused of mary ashford's murder should not be able to further compound that with an attempt to murder her brother but lord ellenborough who was the lord chief of justice reminded him that it was the law in england and they shouldn't call it murder then Ashford's attorney went on to say that William was too young and weak to participate in such a battle, so the battle shouldn't be allowed. So basically what he was saying was that um, Mary's brother was a much smaller man than Thornton, so it wouldn't be a fair fight. Well, at that point, the court was adjourned until November 22nd, so Ashford's attorney could properly file the, the proper paperwork to plead against a physical battle well you know in one of the hearings they had for that trying to decide if they were going to let them fight or not um the ashford's attorney asked for the court to rule that the evidence against thornton was so strong against him that he shouldn't be allowed to wage a battle but thornton's attorney stated the opposite and the trial went on so the court adjourned again and one of the Ashford's attorneys um, asked for another adjournment so that he could reply to the side's arguments. So it was delayed again until April the 16th. After the closing arguments, the justices discussed um, the case for about 15 minutes and came back and said that the evidence against Thornton was not so strong as to not allow him to wage a battle. So basically what that meant was that he could go ahead and choose to have a fight. But Lord Ellenborough told Ashford that he could let Thornton be released without an obligation to return to court, which I really don't understand. 
because he hadn't been found guilty or not guilty at that point other than at the original trial. After that, court was adjourned again until April the 20th so that Ashford could think about what he wanted to do at that point. Well, when they came back to court on the April on April the 20th, Ashford's attorney stated that they had no objection with Thornton being discharged as long as no action would be taken against William Ashford. So Thornton was freed, and soon afterwards, he moved to the United States because he could no longer find employment due to the reputation of him being known as a possible murderer and what he had done to Mary. And once he was in the United States, he settled in the Maryland area, and he married and he had children. I don't know if... if his wife ever knew what he had went to back in England, um, or his children knew or anything, but, um, he died in America at the age of 70 years old. Earlier, I said that, you know, judges shouldn't give their opinions, but y'all, I sure am going to state mine. In this case, um, I believe because of at least the circumstances and physical evidence that Thornton was indeed guilty of murder and, and sexually assaulting Mary Ashford and how he was found not guilty basically twice is beyond me because there was just so much against him and I keep wondering if like money was slipped under the table to the proper folks in this case or maybe it was a matter of who you know if you know what I mean now I have no evidence to back any of that up it's just my opinion and that was, like I said, there's a part, another part of this story that um, goes along with this that is a more, I guess you could say, recent murder. But um, I think instead of continuing with that tonight, I'm just going to save that for next week's episode um, so I can talk a little bit more in depth about it because um, it's actually getting close to time for me to get this published and out to y'all. So I don't really want to be cutting it too close and panicking about it all right i'm gonna finish like i said this story next monday night now until then i hope y'all have a great week i want y'all to check out my social media links and give me a follow those links are down in the episode description so um yeah come give me a follow good night <laughs>